You're now listening to J House Podcast Radio in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Chilling, bro. Chilling. Just, just got all relaxed. Got my coffee. I'm ready to roll, man. How about yourself? Oh, you know me. I'm always ready to roll. I feel you, bro. This, this... I'm always ready. Yeah. Uh, what's up, Matt? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I've been looking forward. I've been looking forward to this one because of. Part one of today, uh, now folks, listen, go ahead and put down your torches, because uh, I know what I'm going to say might greatly offend some people. Uh, Eric and I just watched Into the Spider-Verse yesterday, I believe it was. Yeah, I haven't gotten to finish all of it, but I got enough to know the gist and what I'm going to say about it. Oh, damn, dude, I finished it last night. I uh, I I won't spoil the ending. Yeah, I got I gotta watch. Well, first, it. I gotta watch it with Tess. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but yeah, we we got two amazing topics today. The first one being we're gonna dive into the Spider Verse, uh, our reactions to it because I mean, good God, we couldn't escape this movie. Uh, everywhere I look, people are talking to me about how amazing this film is and how much I need to watch it. And real quick quick disclaimer, the only reason I haven't watched it prior to this point is the simple fact of it's an animated movie. Yeah. And it's really as simple as that. Yeah. If it's a superhero film, I'm not going to rush to it if it's animated. I don't know why, but, I mean, that, that's just me. I don't care about animated superhero movies as much as I do live action. Yeah. Um, and, and I've been lied to before about animated movies that I was told or just movies in general. I'm the kind of person whenever somebody greatly hypes something up for me to the point where they're like, oh, it, it's the best thing ever. Like, you've never seen anything like this. Like, everything else pales in comparison to this. Yeah. Uh, that actually makes me not want to watch it. I'm just kind of like, all right, well, you're clearly a psycho. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I, I decided to watch it because you had sent me a, a post someone had made saying that uh, what Marvel has accomplished with Miles Morales yeah. is, has already surpassed anything they've done with Peter Parker. 
Um, yeah, it, it's not so much the just into the Spider-Verse itself as a movie. It's like Miles Morales, Morales as a whole, as like a whole character. So I, I had to send that to you and be like, bro, is is there any merit to this? You know, I mean, I got the Into the Spider-Verse poster hanging up in my office, but I had yet to watch the movie. Now, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but... So there, there's that. And then the second half of this, we're going to have some Snyder Cut talk. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we're going to have a little bit of something for everybody today. If you're a fan of the, 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 con- just a regular conversation that Eric and I have about 90% of yeah. the time, this first segment's for you. If you want to hear me get pissed off and go on a long that's, rant, because I, 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 I haven't gone on one in a while. Yeah. I haven't done it. And I feel like we're about due for one. Because um, I'm going to tell oh, you, man. bro, bro, you, you know, I love you. You know, I love you. You know, you're my, you know, you're my boy and everything. But mm. the Snyder Cut fans, some of y'all <laughs> really irritate me <laughs> to, the, to the point where I would almost laugh my ass off. If the Snyder Cut flopped, that's almost where I'm at. Oh my god! Because at this point, there's some of them out there who I would j- just I-, I would drink their tears if the movie sucked oh. and was hated. I would I would hold the cup under their face and drink uh. them. Uh, I ain't talking about you because you're reasonable, but there's some people out there who oh yeah oh, but. <laughs> That's for the second oh, half. We ain't going to get into that in this yeah. first half. This first half is about into the Spider-Verse. Yes. So, Eric, you haven't finished it yet, but overall, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being totally abysmal, awful, can't finish it. You know what? L- let's do 1 to 5, because I feel like 1 to 5 is a better ranking. Yeah, 1 to 5 is definitely, yeah. Yeah, one one to five. One being abysmal to the point where I didn't even want, like, I had to make myself yeah. watch it. Five being all time great, all time classic, and then three, of course, being good, not great. Yeah. Where does Into the Spider Verse right now rank? Uh, how, how does how do you feel? So five was all like good and great. Five would be all time great. One is I had to make myself watch it. You know, three would be it was good, not great. Um, I'll put it as um, for right now, it's it's somewhere between a three and a five for me because and even though I didn't finish it, but it's leaning more toward a, a, a I'd say a, a as an all time property, I would say probably a, a, a three or four. As a Spider-Man property, I'm going to say it's an absolute five all the way. I haven't watched all of it yet, but just in the little bit that I watched, um, they did a lot that I thought they never acknowledged about Spider-Man from a um, from a whole uh, character standpoint, because we talk about the current, you know, the climate change and the political world. We talk about representation and all these things that are going on in Hollywood now 
And there was a time where, you know, it wasn't based off the color of your skin. It was based off merit, skill, who was best for the job, who bought in the numbers, who did such and such. And it's not that case anymore. A lot of the times these, you know, some properties are like, you know, oh, yeah, representation matters. They got to be in there just because they're this certain skin color or this certain ethnicity. And and I'm not against I'm not against, um, you know, representation. I believe it's important. We got that back with uh, Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? Black Panther was already an established uh, name in Marvel that was just now getting blown up to that point. So it's not like we didn't have a black hero to look up to as a black community. He was already here, but he was just now getting brought to the forefront on that level, you know? So um, then you, you talk about Spider-Man, you know, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, who's the ultimate Spider-Man who fills in the shoes uh, when Peter was gone. So, this film did an excellent job, I think, of, number one, not just sweeping Peter Parker under the rug as if, you know, he's, you know, oh, we're ready for something new. Because the post that I sent you, uh, that post I sent you, that was the way they were talking about Peter. They were like, in this game and in two, in, in, in one movie, you know, they've surpassed the whole legacy and everything that Marvel's ever done with Peter Parker. And I'm like, now hold on now. You can't just, no, you can't just say that. This one movie and that game doesn't automatically equal up to two different, three different incarnations. You know what I'm saying? A plethora of comics and an already classic video game because that's where this whole, you know, the the new uh, Miles Morales PlayStation game started. So, I mean, people, I just needed people to pump their brakes on that. And it was it was a, a blur group, a black nerd uh, Facebook group that I'm a part of. So I felt like their bias kind of got in the way of that because I'm like, are you saying this just because Miles Morales is a truly awesome character? Or are you saying this based off because just because, you know, he's black and it's sort of taking taking that spearhead of, you know, everything that's going on in today's society with the black community. And that's coming from me, a black guy. So um, the one, and back to my point before I pass it back to you was that the one thing this film did was that they totally highlighted the, the struggle that it is to be Spider-Man, you know, the loss of, you know, life burying, uh, you know, people that you love you know, losing your spouse to divorce, you know, all these things that Peter has had to deal with from uh, from that standpoint that he's always had to deal with, which is the epic, that's the core of Spider-Man, you know what I'm saying, having to deal with those hard things. Um, I'm not going to compare that to Tom Holland because I've already told you I respect every iteration that comes. For me, Tom's doesn't really connect because they don't really go down that street, but that's fine. That's okay. Um, but the street that this one went down was totally establishing the fact that being Spider-Man period comes with grave sacrifice and grave uh, consequences. And it, it puts, it puts you on the rocks in a lot of places in your marriage, in your family, everything. And they wanted to establish that before we just throw somebody else into the role of being Spider-Man. So 
I think they really hammered that home. And that's mattered to me than Miles being the kid who's just, you know, trying to come up, you know, trying to do his own thing. Uh, you know, it made perfect sense. And I'm like, okay, I can get behind that because now, you know, now this isn't just some, you know, it's not, it's not forced, you know, you're actually establishing the legacy, that whole, you know, that whole, um, that whole first, first half, you know, saving New York for 20 years, you know, and this, it doesn't come easy, you know, all of that being a step, putting respect on Peter's name, common concept says miles is dope, but Peter Parker has like 50 years of content on it. That's true. And that's all I want people to acknowledge before we start going off the rails about, and this is come and before anybody labels me racist, I'm black myself. I'm not saying I don't want black characters, but originally before there was ever a Miles Morales, it was Peter Parker. Peter Parker was Spider-Man. So put respect on that legacy and the hardships and what it takes to be Spider-Man before you just start, oh, Miles Morales is way better and has done, you know, all of this just for the brand of Spider-Man as opposed to Peter Parker as a character. No, don't do that. You know, now if we're talking about Black Panther, that's an already established Black character. That's different. He was made that way. Spider-Man was not initially. So I just I just needed people to put respect on that. Uh, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, let me say this, and I feel like th- this is the best way to describe how you and I feel about, when it comes to race and, and characters. First of all, I don't think race should have a damn thing to do with if a character is good or not. That's just I agree. Me. I mean, my, my whole thing is if you're a good character, you're a good character. If you're not a good character, you're not a good character. I, I couldn't care less what color your skin right. is. Um, uh, having said that, uh, I, I think it is incredibly disrespectful to say that after one movie and one video game that Miles Morales' legacy is you know equal to that of the flagship character of marvel i mean i would i i would argue that spider-man i mean and that's what's kind of crazy about marvel you know marvel isn't built like dc you know dc's built where you have you have a lot of great characters but at the end of the day you've got two guys that are really the beatles and rolling stones of dc You know what I mean? You've got Batman and Superman, and then essentially it's everybody else. Right. Those are your your whether you think they're the best characters, that's all subjective. I'm just talking about when you think DC, you might really like Flash, you might really like Green Lantern, you might really want Wonder Woman, but 95% of the people, if you think DC, Batman or Superman, one will be the first two to come to mind. Yeah. Uh, I would say Spider-Man is definitely the closest thing to that in Marvel. Because Cap, it might be hard for people to remember pre-MCU, Iron Man was not always a tier one character. Yeah, That's kind of been, he's been popular, he's had his fan base, but Spider-Man really carried the mantle for Marvel for the longest time. Peter Parker. Um, you know, he had the Raimi trilogy, yeah. which had 
know, that, that the, the first two films of that, I think were absolutely spectacular. Thanks to two unbelievable performances by William Defoe and especially Alfred Molina. I mean, good God. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you had Toby Maguire or Toby. Yeah. No, Toby Maguire wasn't that one, but then you had Andrew Garfield, now Tom Holland. So it's not fair to say that the legacy of, has been passed. Yeah. Now, here's where I might shock some people. Here's where I might, sh- and Eric, you know me. You know me. I am not somebody who panders. If yeah. anything, I do you're, the opposite. You're, you're no, I like you're no majority group mind thinker, you, you know. Fuck yeah. no. And I, want, and I want you to remember that when I say what I'm about to say. Hey, I, I, all, all opinions are respected. I'm not going to trip them. From, for me, from you. For me, I actually enjoyed Miles Morales as a character more than I ever have any version of Peter Parker. I really did. And I'm going to tell, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, With Peter Parker, you've always, they face different struggles, but they're also kind of similar. Peter Parker's this nerd who's struggling trying to fit in, period. You know, he's a socially awkward math science geek, real smart, but, you know, he can't get the, you know, he struggles talking to people, yada, yada, yada. Miles Morales is this kid who has a place where he fits in, which is, you know, his old school, his home, but he's been plucked from that and put into this new environment where he doesn't fit in so much yeah and he hates and, and there's so much with miles that i mean it, it shocked the hell out of me that i related this much to miles when it came to the struggles he goes through of trying to prove yourself um i think the speech that uh his dad gave uh, well this might be a spoiler near the end but there's a speech given to him by his dad that just oh my god it was powerful yeah basically basically talking about being destined for greatness and and things of that nature there were so many powerful moments of in that movie and yeah. i think miles morales's character development was absolutely insane right and i think they showed miles morales struggle more to be a hero than they really ever have with peter parker like struck cuz like you know you look at peter parker he gets bit and he basically instantly figures out, oh, crap, I can climb walls. I can shoot webs. All right, I already know how to do all this. Yeah. They actually show Miles. He's like, holy crap, how do I unstick my hands? How do I shoot a web? Yeah. Like, What is any of this? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I thought that was a, I thought that was an amazing character breakdown. My overall rating for this movie and, and, and I hate to sound like I'm going along with the crowd, but for me, as a comic book movie, as an animated movie, as a Marvel movie, as a Spider-Man property, this movie was flawless. Yeah. Flawless. Beginning to end. This film checked the box for everything that I could ever ask for. From a film. I've always said there are two major criteria. Interesting characters. Well told stories. 
Miles Morales, definitely an interesting character. Yeah. And, and let me tell you real quick, I'm going to say this about Miles Morales. This is what impressed me the most. And this is, if I'm being honest, and I'm, you know me, I'm all about honesty on this show. One of my biggest turnoffs with going to see this movie is, and, and this may sound weird to people, I wasn't interested in seeing Black Peter Parker. But they didn't give me Black Peter Parker. They gave you Miles Morales. They gave me Miles Morales. They gave this dude his own origin, his own everything. Like There is nothing about Miles Morales, personality-wise, anything-wise, yeah. that compares to Peter outside of they both got bit by a spider. That's where the similarities end. Right. And I love that, that they made Miles so original. Yeah. It was it wasn't you know a, a carbon copy. Miles is his own dude with his own problems, yeah. and, and it's awesome, right? Uh, and the story is brilliantly told. Uh, and let me say this too: shout out to everybody who drew or had anything to do with animation for this film, right? Be- because these guys went off. They snapped on it. They, oh my God, I, I, I mean, look, I've spent an entire lifetime saying Disney is the undisputed king of animation. I, I think I'm going to have to recheck that claim. I'm going to have to recheck that because I, I can't think of anything animation-wise that Disney did that was this visually impressive. Not Not only visually, but like, when it comes down to using visuals to tell your story, exactly. Disney has never done anything like this on that animation level. Not since the old days of Disney. And I'm talking about pre MCU, pre all that. Like they haven't done anything this good ever. Oh God. In man. terms of animation. I, it's very rare that when someone hypes up something for me as much as this was, that I actually agree with people. Uh, the only other examples I can think of was the Game of Thrones series, because that was hyped up a lot for me by a lot of different people, including you telling me to watch it. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, the whole world, course, when the whole world says watch it, you got to watch. Well, yeah, but I was just thinking, like I've seen some things before that I've watched, and I mean, I'm not a contrarian. I'm not one of those guys who just, blatantly hates what everybody else finds popular i've never been that guy right but I, there, there have just been some things in the past where i'm like yeah it was good but i'm not seeing what all the hype was about right. uh but in the case of game of thrones and in the case of miles morales this dude lived up to the hype uh and, and, and I, I really can't stress that enough. I was shocked by how good this movie was. And also, I'm going to speak real quick, too, because, you know, I said interesting characters. He wasn't the only one. Yeah. I absolutely loved Kingpin in this movie as the villain. Yeah. I loved him because, you know me, my favorite kind of villain is what? Sympathetic villains. Yeah. If you're the, if you're the kind of villain where I have to take a step back and think, okay, if I were in his shoes, would I be doing the same thing? 
And in the case of, you know, Kingpin, you know, he uh, he lost his his a uh, spoiler alert, you know, his he lost his wife and kid, and all he really wants to do is bring them back. Yeah, I mean, you hear that, and you're like, wow, that's not even remotely evil. Why does Spider Man want to stop him? Well, I mean, obviously, because it comes at the expense of every universe known to man. Right. Uh, but the fact that they make Kingpin so sympathetic, I mean, this is the second amazing iteration we've seen of him. The the first, of course, coming from uh, Netflix's amazing show, Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, I mean, two amazing portrayals. Uh, I mean, dude, th- this film for me, Th- th- this was a grand slam home run. Holy shit! Why didn't I watch this sooner? Yeah, I mean, I-, I I cannot stress how much I loved this film. Yeah, and I thought I thought it- I thought it was spectacular. Go ahead. Yeah, and I that's like I said, that's the general consensus that everyone took on the film. Like as I was watching it at work, all my coworkers are coming by. Oh my gosh this is such a great movie. Oh my God. You know, I went to go see this such and such win. I'm like, okay, this movie must be like all the hype. And like, I don't like usually the projects that I hold off on watching, like until like a year or two later, they're usually the ones that I end up like being like, Oh my God, I actually, I absolutely love it. And I think that between, um, between Toby Maguire and Andrew and Tom and who and just spy, whoever Spider-Man in the current moment, no matter what, with each iteration, the stock and the overall growth and the overall love for Spider-Man and pop culture increases. And like it's increasing even more now. You know, we had the classic Spider-Man game. We've had two uh two Spider-Man movies come out since, uh, you know, just so much love going around for Spider-Man and he, the character just continues to be a, a pop culture, uh, staple and continues to keep, you know, edging its, you know, edging its mark in the history. Spider-Man, no matter if it's Peter or my, you know, it just, you know, it keeps on growing. And that's something that I can, that's something that I can, um, I can get behind right there, you know, and, and looking at Miles Morales, I, and I have to go back and read some of the comics. I have to read the comics and study the source material so I can know the character for sure. And not just based off this movie, but if I were to just go off the movie, I would say that if, because we've seen, we've seen everything that Peter goes through and, and, and I'll touch on your sympathetic villain too, as well. You know, a lot of his villains, are sometimes sympathetic villains, Harry being one, uh, you know, um, we look back at Doc, Doc Ock played by Alfred Milena, obviously a sympathetic villain. Kingpin is one that I don't think I ever expected to be sympathetic villain, you know, being judging by just how raw he was in the Netflix film. I mean, in the Netflix series, Daredevil and Punisher, uh, judging off the Punisher Max comic books where, I'm like, oh my gosh, Kingpin was a Jesus boy. I, it doesn't get any more rated R TVMA than that. But uh, 
<laughs> definitely not for the kids kingpin but um but i mean i can respect that i can respect that by kingpin and mo- and most times spider-man is dealing with these villain he you rarely get a villain from spider-man from his rose gallery who's just like outright evil and out to do damage to the world for no reason there's always some some deeper reasoning behind why they are the way they are and that's that's the most epic thing about spider-man's gallery so like and this has been with every spider-man movie i've went to go see in theaters i've been blessed to be able to go see all of toby's minus spider-man one um i've seen uh andrew's second i got to experience his second one in theaters i've gotten to see um tom's as well um but i'll say that i'll say that the villains in in you know in the rogues gallery for spider-man are always key you know they're always there and they're always pretty much sympathetic i, I don't think i've watched one that you know you all there's not one spider-man movie i've walked out of but i've been like oh i'm so glad that villain died like nah not <laughs> not at all it's the complete opposite it's kind of haunting it's kind of you know sad you know whether we talk about harry or doc ock or green goblin or um even to some extent uh eddie you know from spider-man 3 i mean dude was just uh, I, I was happy when he died yeah i I I was glad too, but like I was also kind of sad for him because you know he's just he's a photographer just like Peter, but he he took the wrong steps in trying to get the job. He's a crybaby. Hey, it'd be like that. What do you? He's a crybaby. Yeah. Oh, speaking of crybabies, I have to troll a little bit. Oh God. It's it's time to troll because folks, Eric Houston. I, I wish we could put a poll up on this. I'll put a, because I'll, I'll put a poll up on Instagram for this that we're about. I will put it up afterwards. <laughs> I already know how it's going to turn out. It's going to turn out in my favor because Eric is the first person ever that I've met, and I've talked to hundreds of or not hundreds, but a bunch of people about a scene from a certain Spider-Man movie that gets mocked all the time. Rightfully so. And they poke fun at it in Spider-Verse. And oh boy, someone on this show got very mad. That was disrespectful. That 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 was Oh my here here we go. All right. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, which you already should know, because once I mentioned mock and Spider-Man, you already know what I'm talking about. There's only one super cringe inducing scene in Spider-Man. And that's the scene where Tobey Maguire decides it's time to take some random ass Saturday Night Fever wannabe. I'm suddenly cool. I can get any girl I want, even though they all reject me. Walk down New York City pointing at girls. Hey, ladies. You know, dancing like a complete jackass. And it's it's arguably the most cringe-inducing scene in the history of, of any superhero movie I've ever seen. Is up there. It's terrible. They poke fun at it in Spider Verse. I thought that was one of the best parts of the movie. I about died laughing. Eric's over here saying it's disrespectful, and, and quite frankly, I can't wait to hear how it's disrespectful. I say that I say that it was disrespectful in terms of okay. In the beginning of the movie, we're there. 
and the Peter Parker that that is being shown is one that is obviously representing all three iterations of you know uh of the spot the other live action spider-mans they put elements from all different ones we see the train reference from spider-man 2 we see the homecoming reference where he's holding the two cars over the bridge in the movie it was the fairies um then they go on to reference uh you know they got the upside down kiss of course that's always iconic and then they and then peter talks about spider-man 3 where uh you know, apparently he's done this before in a movie and he does the dance that he did in front of the store where he went and got his suit. Um, for those who need context, he was celebrating ruining uh, Eddie Brock's Jr. Eddie Brock Jr.'s career after finding out he was photoshopping photos of Spider-Man stealing from Peter. So I found that very satisfying. And so now that, you know, Peter's obviously gone over the edge, he goes on this whole cocky bully Maguire spree as they call it they call him bully Maguire as he's known um and just starts acting out in the open and like going absolute nuts dancing in the streets talking to all the trying to approach all the women you know what I'm saying he not only did he hold hold on not even not even did he it's not so much get turned down because some women were looking at him if you go back and look at they was checking him out uh not only that, but the savagery of the scene is that he took Eddie Brock's girl with him. So, like, <laughs> God dang, like, he took the girl that Eddie Brock wanted to be with, too. He took Gwen Stacy in this iteration. So keep that in mind as he's prancing down. Like, it's just absolutely hilarious. Now, cringe. Cringe. No, it was it's not fucking cringe. cringe, Eric. It's if cringe. It if it would have came out today... I, it would have still been cringe. It would have been better received. Still been cringe. Oh come on, bro. Oh here we go. Every come time on, happens, I swear that this is Eric's excuse for Snyder. This is Eric's excuse for anything. What? Had it come Dude. out now, had it come out now, people weren't ready for it. If that, bro, if Watchmen came out today, people still wouldn't. Have, it still would have got the same excuse. I'm not using that as an excuse. This has nothing to do with Snyder. But no, I'm saying this is the same excuse you use. I'm not bringing Snyder into this. What I'm saying is every time I refer to something as cringe or every time I refer to something as bad, it's poor timing. It's the wrong audience. It's this or it's that. Because so far that's been the case. I, I think you I think sometimes people in general underestimate the influence that the MCU has had in the superhero drama for the past 10 years. I don't think it was that acceptable. Okay, to have. hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Give me one scene in the entire MCU that even comes close to him dancing down the street like a jackass. Thor Ragnarok, the whole freaking movie. That's oh. the only that's the only one I'll say out of the MCU because honestly, and we talked about this. I said I love that man. Ant-Man was funny. Both of them were funny. You know what I'm saying? don't really hold much weight all that much, but they're funny, okay? Because the comic book content for Ant-Man and stuff, that's a little, you can't bring that to the theaters. I so mean, it, it worked out. You just say a whole movie if you can't cite one specific scene. Dude, Thor Ragnarok was so bad, I, I haven't watched it since the first time I watched it. You and three other people are probably the only ones to share that opinion. I, I don't, you, hey, you know, you, you, keep, saying that, you keep saying Thor Ragnarok's trash, 
you don't give examples. I mean, maybe there was one too many jokes you didn't like. But... Bro, the movie was just that forgetful. Like, why would I? It's, it's, it's not even worth watching. And that's 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 folks, actually folks, pretty folks, bro. Folks, 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 bro. folks. Don't don't listen to Eric on this. Don't let li- Thor li- Ragnarok you, is boy. the best of the three Thor movies. It's the best one. Thor fighting to Led Zeppelin at the end of that film is one of the most badass things I've ever seen in my life. I did not say that it didn't have good moments you in it. You just said the whole I said film. You just the said the whole film. It's ruined Eric, by the comedic overtone. The whole bro. film equals the cringe of Tobey Maguire dancing. I it, said, give me an example, and you said the whole film. The comedy in that in that movie totally overshadows any serious, important action overtone that you could have. That's why I only watched it once. It was just, it was that bad, bro. I promise you. And it's, that's just me. And I'm like, out of one out of what? The 22, 23 films that Marvel has made, the MCU has made, that's the only one that I will outright say, like, bro, come on. Like, really? That's the only one out of all of them. The rest of them, oh, they're fun. They're awesome. They're, they're cool. You know, they're well balanced, as you would put it, because the MCU has mastered that, being able to balance the seriousness of something with comedy in certain moments. You even had some Infinity War from from, uh, some comedy in Infinity War and Endgame, but not enough to take over the the seriousness and the importance of the film. Or Ragnarok, we're talking about the end of Asgard here. And it's just one-liners from start to finish. Comedy and one-liners are one thing. Well-acted one-liners and comedy in a film is one thing. It's a complete, totally different thing to just throw this two minutes of Tobey Maguire trying to act cool in and make everyone squirm in their seats and feel bad for this dude. Like, oh my God, bro, what the hell are you doing? Two minutes of... Toby Maguire dancing down the street does not equate to Spider-Man 3 being a bad Spider-Man movie, if that's what people are getting at, too. No, Venom being thrown into that movie unnecessarily and a bunch of other things result in Spider-Man 3 being bad, but that's neither here nor there. Lord. I mean, we've already talked about that. We've already talked about how Sam Raimi, that wasn't his vision, and as somebody like you, who gets up on this pedestal and preaches creative vision every damn time we talk about anything directors do. For someone like you, who's so passionate about creative vision, for you to defend Spider-Man 3 the way you do when what they did to Sam was almost as bad as what Warner Brothers did to Zack is frankly shocking. Okay, so here's the difference between Spider-Man 3 and that situation because we've treaded on that situation for the I past said few almost years. i didn't say they were I almost. Said almost almost well here's the difference but here's the almost difference between that if venom to people came out as too random and shouldn't have been in the movie okay i can respect that but like i told you when we talked about spider-man 3 in the past i told you despite that Spider-Man 3 was still able to bring the trilogy full circle. Okay, one too many villains. 
if that is if that is the complaint that people have about it, okay. Does it change the fact that we still had to resolve the storyline concerning Harry and Peter? Does it still change the fact that they had to resolve the storyline concerning Sandman killing Uncle Ben? No. It still bought the movie full circle and having Venom in there being the change that that was, it, if people didn't like it, I can respect that because Venom, you know, is a totally different ball game. It's been since justified with Tom Hardy's Venom, which was amazing. So Venom's gotten his respect. But when we talk about Venom in Spider-Man 3, it really, his Venom did not have that much of an impact to the point where it just ruins the whole movie for me because the main heavy, the heavy subject relied with Sandman, not Venom. Maybe Venom was just extra. He was there to be there. I can respect that. Okay. No, Venom wasn't the character that made people not take it seriously. But what you just said, what did you just say about Thor Ragnarok? There were moments in that film where it got to the point, I can't take this film seriously, right? That's why you don't like it. You can't take it seriously. That was the the whole movie from front to back. How in the hell... Am I supposed to take a film seriously after I just watched Tobey Maguire act like a jackass for two minutes? And then I'm supposed to just turn around and be like, okay, yeah, that didn't happen, so now we're back to serious. Okay. This is, bro, like, okay, I'll reference Spider-Man 2, the previous film. Awesome. Still had a comedy scene in there where Peter quit being Spider-Man, had the raindrops falling on my head theme song playing tripping up be, being normal peter that was funny that that is a that staple wasn't thing. even re- that, that's not even remotely the same it's the same it's not even remotely the same and then having two minutes of toby dancing spider-man 3 because he's acting like a butthole like it, like like, like, it, a, like a fucking idiot like an idiot and it was hilarious hilarious i found it i found it personally hilarious and toby it, mcguire it was, and toby mcguire's mother are probably the only three people who share that sentiment i, I mean i swear I, trust I, me i'm I, i'm i'm not the only one who thinks this i, I'm, I, I do I'm not really understand not. how that scene is defendable that that was garbage it was straight garbage and i, I I mean, good God, this is Spider-Man. And yes, in the second the end- in the second film, there was the raindrops falling on my head. But at least that scene, they didn't go over the top with it. He yeah, he tripped. Okay, yeah. Him tripping equates to two minutes of him pointing at girls, getting shot down, just the cringe fucking dancing. That's not even remotely comparable. Don't, don't don't ever try and, and they're they're, they're both in the two. same trilogy. Bro. Don't don't ever ever try and put Spider-Man two and three and try and compare those films. Uh uh-uh. uh, no sir. One at the end of the day, Spider-Man three accomplished its goal and set out what it set out to do, which was to bring a solid conclusion to the Raimi trilogy. It did that. There was going to be a four, but they canceled it. But Spider-Man 3 leaves Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in a place where if it's the last one, then we're good. That was a yes. solid ending yes. to an amazing trilogy. You've only that said this a million and a half times. 
You've all, you've only said that a million and a half times. Solid ending. I'm it, trying to figure out, bro. Two minutes of him dancing in a comedy outlet, like it's bro. Does that really take away the seriousness yes. from the movie? Yes. When in the immediate following scene, he takes Gwen out to a date, shows off in front of Mary Jane just to try to make her jealous. Again, hits like Mary Jane. Idiot, Come on, bro. Yes, it does. It does. It absolutely uh, does. Yes, thousand percent. One million percent. I feel like I. Um, I feel I can't be any more clear than that. If I'm in a minority that I thought that scene was legit funny, then okay, let it be. I'll be in the minority for that because, like, at the end of the day, we've been in almost a decade plus full of superhero films that have had funny moments, but also been well-balanced and kept serious at the same Eric, time. Eric, what, dude, the, the, it being funny isn't the problem here. I, I don't, funny in movie, you know, you can have funny moments in, in, I mean, hell, I think Christian Bale had a couple one-liners in The Dark Knight. You know, that's, that's fine. But when it's, Two straight minutes of not funny, but cringe. Yes, it begins to make people be like, "Okay, yeah, this is stupid. This uh, is this. Yeah, I'm not arguing that funny moments shouldn't be in superhero movies. What I'm saying is, Spider-Man Two took it too far with this idiotic dance scene, bad dancing at that." Boy, I I don't I don't know if I'll agree with that. The concept says Spider Man was bad, but had a lot of redeemable qualities. Still a mess when it's when it dropped though, or when it's hard though. Okay, I, I can respect the opinion. I can respect it. For me personally, told you, told you. I just I just thought it was funny. Wow, because one person says that, bro. Come on, come on. I told you, I told you. Told I'll you. respect I'll respect anyone's opinion, but that is not what everyone thinks. There are more people out there who would share my exact sentiment, contrary to contrary to popular belief. Very they'll share very the exact happy. same sentiment. They will share the exact same sentiment that two things that that scene that scene was not cringe and that yes. Thor Ragnarok yes. was a hot pile of crap. Yeah, tell that to yeah, the tell office that and all the office and all the rating. Uh, 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 it sucks so, so bad. Wow. It was so terrible, wasn't it? Uh, but real quick, to round out this segment, because we've reached the 43-minute mark, and we said we'd do this for an hour. Yeah. So I have that. This is just a random off-the-top-of-my-head question, a real quick kind of pop topic, if you will, to close mm-hmm. it out. You ready for this? Yeah, because we got yeah we got commercial break and then we come back talk yeah good good yeah we got it just real quick thoughts I was thinking about this the other day because we kind of hinted you know we kind of touched on this a little bit but I mean this is honestly a discussion we could have for an hour I was thinking about Disney because I'm getting ready to go down to uh, Disney World in January uh, yeah but I was thinking you know it really is insane the level of influence that Disney has now. You know, I've talked about, you know, used to, it was huge. 
if a film made a billion dollars, Avatar being the first to ever do it, I mean, good God, that was unheard of. And yeah. now Disney does it every time they release a new film. Every new, yeah. I mean, if they don't make a billion, it's shocking. You know, they yeah. now own Lucasfilms, Star Wars, uh, they own Star Wars, they own Marvel, ESPN, and a bunch of other stuff. And I was thinking to myself, mm. I see positive and negative to this. The negative being you're you're obviously crushing the competition, and I wonder how much longer anybody out there is really going to be able to compete with Disney at the box office and be able to get their movies out there because Disney's at the point now for every one Warner Brothers commercial, you could get six Disney commercials. You know, that's just that's where we're at. You know, yeah. they're this three-headed monster. Uh, but on the flip side of it, I feel it's fair to say that Disney has been very good to the viewers and the consumers with exceptionally made products. The MCU being one biggest franchise ever. Uh, you know, you and I agree that the sequel trilogy, you know, they kind of dropped the ball on that one. We, yeah. we equally despise episode eight, but, you know, we're not going to sit here and say that Rogue One, the Mandalorian, the Clone right. Wars, we're not going to sit here and say those suck. Those were amazing, yeah. uh, amazing Star Wars canon that really added to the story. So I say all that to say this. Would you say Disney's decade of dominance that they've had? Do you think this is a positive mostly positive or a negative for cinema moving forward um i'll say it's both it's both a positive and a negative is I'll, I'll start off with the positive the positive because you know for 10 years we've gotten amazing content when you have that much money backing these products these properties the sky is the limit for what you can do. Um, so when we when we talk about Star Wars, especially the we all know the success of the MCU. Um, when we talk about Star Wars, you know, and me and my wife had this discussion. I was like, anything outside of episodes one through six, Rogue One, The Mandalorian, and The Clone Wars you really don't much from Disney Star Wars because it's more corporate driven than anything else. It's got to be, you know, universal. It's got to be for everyone because it's got to reach every, uh, every kind of audience it has got to reach everyone in the world. You know what I'm saying? And with Star Wars, Disney is un. Um, I think they've company out you can't really just take Star Wars and then, you know, want to take it one direction without showing the whole scale. And so I, Disney's done an amazing job, at, you know, allowing, you know, the most beloved parts of this whole franchise. You know, we talk about the Mandalorian, the Clone Wars, which out um, bestowed in the fans' hearts, you know, always. Uh, the Clone Wars, um, you know, we talk about Rogue One, which was absolutely amazing, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the only Star Wars film that bridges that gap between uh, 
between episode three and four. And I tell my coworkers this all the time. Rogue One is really the only movie where we can sit back and be like, okay, we've watched episode three. Let's get into Rogue One. And then we can transition over into the original trilogy, you know, flawlessly, seamlessly. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. I respect, I respect Disney for that. Not only that, they've put a lot of backing behind Marvel comics into, uh, sharing more star wars stories that are that are exploring eras and time in the star wars continuity that haven't been filled in yet you know especially with the darth vader comics which i think are the best comics out right now you know as far as as far as anyone like bro vader has been on a roll in those comics and there's a lot of story there that's been filled in the gaps you know during his tenure from episode four to six and i'm like it's just awesome you know what I'm saying? So Disney has not let me down in the comic book department. They haven't. And as far as maintaining the Star Wars canon, they have not let me down at all. You know, we talk about the sequel trilogy. Yeah, we, I was just you. You like episode seven. That's cool. I like parts of episode seven. I didn't like it. I, I don't like it as much overall. We both despise episode eight. Fucking um, trash. Yeah, trash. Um, and then we talked about, we talk about episode nine all the time. You know, it was an apology that came too late, but at least they recognized what was wrong and they tried to fix it, which is better than doing nothing. <clears throat> Warner brothers. So, or better, but hold on a sec. I would even say it's better than if Disney would have doubled down on what they did in the eighth movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that- that's what I say to people. I mean, yeah, obviously we as Star Wars fans did deserve better than what we got. But I mean, what people have to understand is we just have to take what we got, you know? Yeah. I mean, and honestly, did I love episode seven? Not really. But I did think that it was a good start. I thought it was a, I thought there was something there. I saw potential. I thought yeah. that, I thought that they could go a direction with it. And then I think with episode eight, they just, they shot themselves in the foot. Because as I've said, everything they hyped up in the seventh one, they killed in the eighth one. Who's raised parents? Nobody. Who's Snoke? Who gives a shit? He's dead. You know? It was Sidious. I made him. (laughs) Luke Scott. But hey, dude, Sidious making him is better than, okay, we just killed him. You don't know him. We just killed him. Yeah, you don't know the guy. I mean, we got to be on. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, oh, Luke Skywalker's coming back. Wait a minute. Luke Skywalker's a lonely old hermit who refuses to train Ray. Yeah. You made me, you, you made me watch two hours of that. Really, Disney? Really? Yeah. And then, you know, that finally, you know, I thought, well, at least we'll get Luke and Kylo going at it and we'll have this badass final duel. No. Nah. They couldn't even give me that. That's where I got pissed and wanted to walk out of the theater. That was like the straw that broke the camel's back. I was about ready to be like, I want my money back. This is bullshit. I feel and then, But I mean, real quick to answer my own question. I'm torn on my own question. I, I, I was about to tell you negative side of that, but go ahead. Oh, my bad, bro. Go ahead. No, you good. Because you say you're torn on that. And I'm I'm sort of torn on it too. I would have probably just said all positive, but the negative of it is is that there has to be variety in cinema. You know what I'm saying? Oh, not. I mean, in every in every business. in every business, there can't just be 
And for for cinema's sake, there can't just be formula led films. There can't just be you know these kind. There has to be variety. There have to be serious, more darker movies. There have to be all funny comedy movies. There have to be all these different genres of things. You have to mix it up because you know Disney's making a killing, billions after billions after billions. But the downside of that is that eventually, if you don't give it a break. I know I don't I don't think this will ever happen as far as superhero properties, because I think it's elevated to a point where superhero properties can now be mentioned among horror and action and adventure and sci fi and all these different things. But, um, yeah, there's just got to be variety, man, because not everything's going to be Marvel or not everything's going to be, you know, DC. There's got to be some variety in the whole thing. Thank you guys for tuning in on the live. It's going to go out in one minute. Thank you guys. We're going to go on commercial break in a minute, but then after that, we're going to come back and talk about uh, the Snyder cut, but thank you guys for tuning in on IG live. Appreciate it. But, um, but yeah, go ahead. In this last five minutes we got. Yeah. I mean, my whole thing is on the one hand with the negative, obviously it's never a good thing. If one company is at the point where they can't be competed with. Yeah. Uh, but on, you know, on the flip side, I am somebody who's grown up a huge Disney geek, the classic movies. Um, Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, seeing how Marvel or or how Disney has handled Marvel. uh, I mean, good God. From what a, a perspective of what Disney's doing in terms of making these films, I take no issue. Disney has shown me that they can be silly with these films but they've also i mean we tend to gloss over the fact that thanos was snapping necks in infinity war um and and even so i I would submit to you that there's really nothing in the dark knight that disney wouldn't put in the mcu i mean I, i some people look at me and say oh that's crazy but i ask okay What specific scene in the Dark Knight do you think would not make it to the MCU? Which one? I think there's a lot there because, like, the when we talk about, of course, the physicality, the physical nature of things, yes, you could put a building in there blowing up in a in in an MCU film. Yes, you can. You they did that in Civil War. They did it in Winter Soldier. They've done it in all the MCU films. You can show that action, that violence. You can show somebody getting their neck snapped where the difference between that and the dark Knight comes in is um, when we talk about the, what's at stake. Joker's not just, you know, yeah, Thanos snapped Loki's neck, killing him, you know, but that was at stake of the whole universe. This is about the universe and the balance. Henceforth, why infinity war and Endgame are more serious in nature. The dark Knight, you know, this was, as from Heath Ledger himself as the Joker, you know, it's about soul. It's about the battle for Gotham's soul. It was so, it was a deeper morality than just, you know, physical things at stake. It was, it was just more about that. So I would say, I would, I would say that the action, what action wise, the things that we see in the dark Knight, you can absolutely put in an MCU film. But as far as the, the subject matter and, what is being discussed as these things are happening, 
that you cannot put in an MCU film, I would say. Well, I mean, I have to disagree because, I mean, there were moments in Winter Soldier. There were moments in Civil War. You know, you talk about the battle for the soul. They were battling for the soul of the Avengers in Civil War. And if I and if memory serves me correct, that movie opened up with a guy being strapped to the chair, being brutally mind controlled and tortured. There's elements in that movie of watching uh, Bucky straight up gun down uh, Tony's parents. That's true. And Tony watching that happen. So, again, I look at it and I say I look at Civil War. I look at Winter Soldier. Uh, and I say that, and I even look at an, an Infinity War to some degree, where you have, you know, Thanos ripping off pieces of Vision's head, snapping Loki's neck and not even blinking, uh, right. killing half the Avengers. I, I mean, there's really nothing in the Dark Knight. Now, I mean, Joker, obviously, yes. You know, I'm not, yes, J- Joker is its own league. Watchmen is its own league. Disney will never make anything like that. Absolutely not. But I I would say Disney would make a a, a Dark Knight. I think they'd make a Batman v Superman. I think they I, I could see them making a Man of Steel simply because I I don't see the scene or the subject matter in those films that just far and away surpasses what is shown in the MCU. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I understand the, the, the narrative that the MCU was all about having fun with little Timmy and that it's never serious. But, I mean, I feel like at times Disney has put that to the side and said, all right, let's get serious. They have. And, and so, I mean... You know, you've had movies where the good guys don't always win. You've seen sad deaths. So, I mean, I look at that and I say all that to say this. I still maintain my point that I would not cry myself to sleep if Disney bought DC. Wouldn't do it. Now, one, like I, we'll talk more about that in the next segment. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, if everybody laughing at that, I'll just ask you, where is Marvel and where is DC right now? Then laugh at me. All right, you got to be careful what you wish for with that. But um, because the the only joke right now is the DCU, but they're fixing it. Yeah, they're on the way. But we're gonna go ahead and head into commercial break, peeps. This is J House Podcast Radio. Stay tuned. We're gonna be back in about one to two minutes with the second half of our live podcast and we're going to talk about the uh, new footage that we saw from Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's going to be an awesome one. It's going to be a good one. So uh, we'll catch you guys in about two minutes and we'll be right back. Alright. All right. Yo, yo, Ev, what is up, bro? Not much, bro. Chilling, bro. Chilling. Had to reheat my coffee. Now I'm ready to go. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, from commercial break. Welcome to J House Podcast Radio. That first half, we discussed really just the whole anatomy of Spider-Man as a character um, into the uh, Spider-Verse with Miles Morales and everything going on as far as Spider-Man. 
you know, and now in this half, we want to get into uh, the because this is something and and I and I'll let the the peeps on peeps in on this too because I I always talk about how this year you know as far as COVID and everything else and and all that that's going on I think the podcast that we had for the these last few particular like four or five months have been some of the most difficult conversations to have uh leading up into uh leading up into mm, leading into DC fandom until they announced the Snyder Cut because a lot of these conversations were centered around DC and Warner Brothers mistake uh what would have worked what could have worked you know you know all these things what could have happened what could have been done um a lot of things that that deeply have you know boiled inside of us over you know where DC should be over these past three years and so when DC fandom happened you know boom the Batman boom we're doing a DC multiverse you know boom Zack Snyder's Justice League boom Wonder Woman 1984 and all of a sudden you know boom Michael Keaton's coming back you know boom all of these different things and we're like okay so now DC's taking steps to get back on the right track you know what I'm saying and um and now we're it's been peace since then on that and now um you know they just had the vero live stream where um zach showed uh the same it's the same trait teaser trailer but it's updated and with brand new footage to it so um because they're working on it as people know hbo max uh handed out 70 big ones 70 milli uh, to go ahead and finish the rest of the Snyder Cut as well as shoot some additional footage. You know what I'm saying? So that is great. And so that's where we are right now. People are hyped. People are, you know, excited. You know, we're getting the true sequel to to Batman v Superman. We're getting the real Justice League. And as far from a Snyder Cut fandom perspective and from a DC perspective, you know, you don't get more hype than that. You know, new Batman movie too, all these great things happening for DC, you know, starting to get back on track. And what more can you ask for, bro? What more? Them to not fuck up in the first place, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I mean but, um, but yeah, bro. Um you were you were pretending because you said you had a rant to go on, so I was like, I'm excited to hear about this rant because I know what it's concerning. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. First of all, let let me start this podcast off happy. Let me start it off calm and collected, and then I'll lose my shit in a minute. Um, let me say this: I really like the trailer. In all seriousness, I like the trailer. Um. I have no reason to think this movie's gonna suck. Uh, yeah, this this really isn't the DC project I'm most hyped for, for the simple fact of in the long run, I don't see this film doing much to legitimize DC. I really don't, because I I think the only people that are really gonna watch this movie are people like me and you who are aware of the situation and are aware of what happened. I'm concerned about how much of the uh, general public will actually watch it. Uh, Because I think a lot of people might be like, wait, what what is the 
what does a Snyder cut even mean? You know what I'm saying? Because uh, you know, this, good, good. I'm sorry. Because God knows how many special directors editions of movies that have been released. Yeah. Uh, since the beginning, obviously this one is much different. Um, but I'm not sure how many people outside of the Snyder Cut fandom will watch this. So, um, in terms of in the long run for DC, to me, this isn't the project that's going to get the DCU back on track. This ain't it. I think this is just something that the fans, we as DC fans deserve. I think we should be very appreciative that we're getting it. I'm glad we're getting it. But this is not the film that's going to everybody be like, oh, crap, DC's actually really, really good. Um, and I say that for two reasons. One, the reasons I already mentioned. Two, you and I have talked many, many times about how Snyder isn't for everyone. So a director who isn't for everyone isn't going to make everyone realize that DC's legit. I feel like that's a pretty solid logic. Yeah, I I came to that logic because, you know, because superhero movies in general have been so universally made, they have to be for everyone. You know, they have to, you know, they don't have to, but, you know, we've seen how the MCU is and, you know, they reach adults, they reach young adults, teenagers, old people. As I was approached in Walmart and the old woman who's about 67 asked me where the Avengers movie was or the Captain Marvel movie was, you know, so, you know, the reach is there. But also back, you know, back to my, you know, other point before we went on commercial break about variety, there's variety in the game as well. And Zack Snyder is just one of those directors who is a part of that variety. And what he offers on the table, what he puts on the table with his characters is real, it's true, it's, you know, it's, it's humanized and it's not for everyone. It's a really, you know, real 100% look at the world and superheroes as they are today. You know, superheroes as they probably would be in reality. And it's just, that's not something that everyone wants to see because, you know, they you know, in these times, you know, like you say, you want people to be inspired. You need people to look up to something. And, and I believe Zach does that with his characters, but it's just not, unfortunately, sadly, it's just not for everyone. And every, and no matter how many times I go on Instagram and go on these rants about it, no matter how many times I try to explain in detail to these people what Zach is doing. They're just not going to get it. You know, it's like trying to explain to someone why Revenge of the Sith is one of the greatest Star Wars movies of all time. I can only explain it to you so many times before you, you know, so if people don't get it, they just don't get it. If they don't want to accept it, that's fine. And that's where we are with Zack Snyder with, and with Zach's JL, you know, personally for me, I, and like I said, I, I established this. I even gave rant myself going off on some of the Snyder cut fandom you know, this is just one beginning piece in getting DC 
back on the right track. It's a step in the, to me, it's a step in the right direction. And it does a lot for DC's brand moving forward. It number one lets you know that you effed up in 2017. And so, you know, you're, you're taking the necessary steps to, to fix that. So that's a major thing. That's a big step for DC to me. Um, number two, uh, you know, you really you have you've announced all these other films as well that have you know people you know hyped up and everything we i told you you know we look at the youtube comments for the snyder cut there are people that have no idea that 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 everything happened behind the scenes that are like oh this looks freaking dope okay dc you know and so i think the gen- the general consensus is that yes we're going to have to wait until we see you know, these films, of course, but but until then, the general consensus is that DC is taking steps in the right direction. And, you know, um, the Snyder Cut is the spearhead of that. It's one, it was one of the first things on the agenda head for the past three years that people have been begging DC to fix. You know, that mainly the Snyder Cut fandom has been asking people to fix because i'm like that's a bad representation out there of superman and batman and wonder woman and flash that you just you let that slide and and like you know so for three years there's been hardcore campaigning hardcore you know hey fix that bro that's not that's not what that was and so now that we're getting it you know i can put it behind me in hindsight i can say okay i'm at peace now they just needed to fix that. DC is in my good graces as far as I'm concerned. You know, if if anything else. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. And, and and you know how close it is for me and how, you know, what it means to me being that I'm a, a Snyder fan. And, um, but yeah, man, it's it had to be done. And for let me personally, I... Let, go ahead. Let me word this question to you. I just thought of this. And I think... I don't mean for this question to depress anybody, but I just thought of this. All right. You remember the conversation we had about Star Wars Episode Nine? Yes. How we talked about how, okay, Star Wars 8 obviously sucked. Star Wars, yeah. shot them, Disney shot themselves in the foot. And they yeah. tried to go back on it and be like, okay, we're sorry. We screwed up. We won't do it again. Here's episode nine. Now, episode nine, you know, they made their apology. Yeah. And it was a lot more well-recepted than, or well-received than episode eight. However, the image of episode eight is still there. And you even called it the apology that came too late. Are you concerned at all that the sour taste of jo- of uh, Justice League may kill hype for this? Like Last Jedi did for Rise of Skywalker. Um, absolutely not. Um, I think that when we talk about when we talk about Star Wars in that instance where, you know, episode eight and okay, here's episode nine. We're sorry for that. Um, 
I think that apology was warranted and they fixed it. Like you said, they fixed it. We went to the movies, we watched it. Okay, here's how we fixed episode eight. The thing with the thing about, you know, the thing about the Snyder cut is that this is three years later. This is three years after 2017's Justice League. Justice League was a very forgettable one. You know, it wasn't really, it didn't make that much. It was a total flop and it's totally forgettable. So there's no, there's no harm in you in you coming back three years later and being like, okay, um, we're going to go ahead and put out a new version of this film. There's no, there's no harm in that. There's no hate in that at all because that, that, that movie was just that bad with the last Jedi, you know, the film still made what about 800 mil at box office because of star Wars. Huh? 1.5 billion. Yeah, 1.5 billion at box office. Star Wars is just that big. It's too big to the point where one divisive or one bad movie would bring the whole shit down. You know what I'm saying? So for for Star Wars, The Last Jedi, it was divisive. We were dealing with characters that are that are deeply rooted across all generations and you know it's Star Wars at the end of the day. It was too big to fail. You know, it was going to be a rebound, $1.5 billion at box office. People are going to go see the next one no matter what. You know, and that's Star Wars for you. Um, just like the MCU. The MCU can make one bad movie if they could, you know, and rebound. In my opinion, we talked about it. I said, to me, Thor Ragnarok was bad. You know, but for me personally, they rebounded with Infinity War, Endgame, Black. They did that. One bad movie does not wreck the ship for them. It was a totally different case when we talked about um, when we talked about the MCU. I mean, when we talked about the DCEU, you know, we had Man of Steel, BVS, you know, it would have been better for them to stick to that route that they were going and see where it went rather than try to cop out, do Marvel and then absolutely fail, which is what they did and had. I'll submit this to you that had Aquaman been a flop, had Shazam, you know, been a flop, I think that that would have sunk DC's chances of a cinematic universe, period. Had had, uh, Joker not made a billion at the box office, that would have put a damper on things. But that's not the case. They made Joker. Joker, you know, put up a billy and it was it was great and that is great for dc's brand overall but you know in in terms of a cinematic universe since dc was already dead well hold, hold on a second I, i'm not talking about the, the hold on a second let, let me rephrase my question what i'm talking about here is i'm saying to you that yes star wars you know, episode 9 still made a lot of money but it didn't make the money that it could have made had episode eight been really, really good. Yeah. Like if epi- like ha- had you and I left the theater of episode eight being like, oh damn. Yeah. Episode nine, like something's happening. Like I got to be there for this. Yeah. But of course, not what happened. Now, yes, Disney marketed it, and we all found out. Okay, they they they're sorry. Yeah but it still hurt them at the box office. Mm-hmm. And to a lot of Star Wars fans, they didn't like the movie because they couldn't get past, this is just an apology. Right. Like, th- this is not, 
you know, that well, this is it, it's too it's too late. It's yeah. you know, I, I can't get episode eight out of my head. You still made that. Right. You still dug yourself that hole. And what right. I'm saying is they did dig a hole with Justice League. They dug a hole. They dug a big ass hole. And my concern is that that film has left such a bad taste in people's mouth that, I mean, and plus, here's something else to think about. I don't give a damn what you say. HBO Max, Netflix, and Disney Plus, and Amazon Prime maybe compete with what goes on at the theaters. I know for a fact, yes, Netflix and Disney Plus do. HBO Max, not so much. It doesn't have the subscribers of Netflix or or yeah, Disney Plus. They haven't gone international yet. No, they I'm, just, I'm fading the, that as a fact. That's they, not a. That's they not. They don't like have that. the subscribers even nationally that Netflix and Disney Plus do. Well, as good, good. Eric, 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 stop. They don't, bro. Just, just stop. Just stop. This has this has nothing to do with the subscribers. This is about the initial point. The initial I know. Question. My, my point being, my point being, episode nine was really had a huge release, so it was still out there. It was still huge. Now, yes, the Snyder Cut film it has popularity. It has a fan base. It's nothing compared to, you know. There, there's no trailers for it on TV right now. As of right now, it's basically people in the know that are getting hyped for this. But my biggest concern here is the same concern that I had with Episode Nine of Star Wars, which is, has the damage been done? Has, has, as, with, it, as it pertains to Justice League. Now, it, dep- or, or, it depends on who you're talking to. I mean, because see, my, my contention is I it wouldn't shock me if this film didn't have this huge opening that you keep telling me it's going to have. It wouldn't shock me. I'm not saying it's not going to. Right. But I'm saying it's not going to shock me if it gets released. And, you know, it may be the number one movie on HBO Max. But in terms of, like, breaking streaming records and being this national phenomenon I, I, I'm a bit hesitant to say that and that's not a knock on Zach as a director that's a knock on everything else about the DCU up until this point has been patchy and it's been a very you know shaky road a very rocky road right so and- I'm concerned that based on all of that, I don't know if people at this point are ready to just say, I, I've had it with the DCU. I've had it. I've, I've had it with, right. you know, I, I gave them chances, you know, and I think Birds of Prey flopping as hard as it did right. to me. And that, that wasn't even a bad movie. Like, all things considered, Birds of Prey wasn't terrible. What? It was enjoyable. Not that bad at all, yeah. But for it to flop like it did, that showed me, I think people are starting to, like, I think the DCU is wearing thin on people. Well. And I, and I think Justice League played a big role in that. 
Yeah, and, and it did. And and like I said, it depends on who you talk to. If you talk to the normal, average, everyday, average, casual fan, you know, who's experienced what they have in the past 10 years with the MCU and DC, then they probably are. They they, they probably are wearing thin. They're like, okay, whatever. Don't really care for it. Da-di-da-di-da. They're probably not going to care for it. You know, you go ask someone who, you know, actually cares, someone like me and you, you know, we're going to be like, yeah, we got to see this thing through. We have to see the Snyder Cut through. You know what I'm saying? We have to see what could have been in 2017. Yeah, we know what we got with Justice League is still out there on shelves. I could walk to my local Walmart right now and that movie's still on the shelf. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're still selling it. And that's sad. That's pretty sad. But that's the truth. That's the truth of the matter. And that's what made it such a bitter topic. You know, that's what made it such a, a bitter fight for three years that it that it wasn't released up until it's released. So, like I said, and at the end of the day, if that is the fate of DC, that people get sick of the cinematic universe that they're trying to create. OK, because you already know the facts, you know, the Snyder Cut movement is going to mess with it. If other casual people mess with it. OK, that's fine. If you don't, you don't. You weren't in the fight. They weren't in the fight for it to try to get it done and get it released for three years. We just wanted to see the movie through. You know, it's not going to hurt Zach's career. Man's already got multiple, about three other projects lined up. Netflix wants that man to direct, you know, zombie films, non other non-related. Zach's already down the road on this thing. So it's not hurting Zach's reputation. You know, we're going to get what we want at the end of the day. And if DC doesn't get a cinematic universe out of this, if they can't continue or find a way to rebound, even after the flash comes out, you know, which I find it hard, you know, when you got Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck in there, you're possibly doing a flashpoint story hard to fail with that. But if they do somehow, you know, it is what it is. Warner brothers bought that upon themselves. Not going to change the fact that we got the Snyder cut. Not going to change the fact that Zach is still making bucks in Hollywood, getting big time, uh, big time gigs with Netflix and other people. Not going to change my, the fact. Uh, real quick, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this. This is my whole thing. If the Batman, Flash, and these other projects that are going to continue DC flop, I couldn't give a shit less what the Snyder Cut does. Because at that point, the Batman, if the Batman, Flashpoint, and all those movies suck, DC's dead. The Snyder Cut won't save that. It's not going to. And we don't, if those films... And I'll, and I'll say this, on behalf of the Snyder Cut fandom, we could care less. We don't like, we just want to see what Zack was going to do. We could care less about what DC's going to do with some other property if they're just going to do what they did in 2017 again, if they fail, that's on them. We're going to be on our merry way. We're going to wake up every morning or every other night, sip on some coffee, alcohol or whatever, and watch the Snyder Cut and enjoy that. About that. And see, that's where you and I differ. That's where you and I differ. Because for me, my whole contention is Snyder Cut, Schmider Cut. You know, it, it, it's great. You, you get it. Great. You get it, great. You get your cute little movie fan. And we're out there. I'm, I'm we're happy. out of there. But 
I am more concerned for DC as a whole. If DC fails, quite frankly, people can wipe their ass with the Snyder Cut. No, they can't. Because I, I mean, I'm at the point now. You know, you know, wipe your ass with it. Because that's not on. Look, when you say wipe your ass with it, it's not. Look, and we and we already know this. We already hashed these facts out a billion times. We know whose fault it was that this whole cinematic universe got effed up to begin with. We know whose fault that is. It was a failed project from day yeah. one. Okay, but it doesn't change the fact that Man of Steel, people love Man of Steel, people love BVS. Say what you will about the rest of them. People love Wonder Woman. You can hate Suicide Squad, that's fine. But anything that Zack's hand touched on that on this whole thing, for the past however many so years, it's good. You can never call it terrible. So when we talk about trilogy, well, I mean, you can because film's subjective, but you can. But that's not the overall general consensus for people who know and are familiar with Zack Snyder's work. And it's not on him if Warner Brothers failed to actually make a cinematic universe. It's not. Like, so no, you can't wipe your ass with the Snyder Cut film because this was the initial plan. From the yes, you can. Eric, what I'm saying is if DC goes down, fuck the Snyder Cut. If DC goes down, you take what you get that was actually good from this whole thing, and then you wipe your butt with the rest. You don't wipe your butt with the Snyder Cut. You don't wipe your butt with Man of Steel. You don't wipe your butt with Batman v Superman. You don't wipe your butt with Wonder Woman. You wipe your butt with Suicide Squad. You wipe your butt okay, with Bert's Prey. Wh- what exactly did Snyder have to do with Wonder Woman again? Him and Patty had worked on it to develop the intro story into how Wonder Woman got where she was in World War One. They worked on that story together. He did serve as a producer on that story. That's what he had to do with that. But other than that, all the credit goes to Patty Jenkins. The movie was still good. It was so okay. So what I'm saying is that anything that Zach was involved with on that part, you can't wipe your butt with it. You just can't. Sure, you can. You can't because because if DC goes down, I couldn't care less. Okay, if you don't care about it, that's fine. But we're gonna take, I mean, is- we're gonna take the good from it. I'm gonna if DC goes down, I'm gonna take Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Zach's Justice League, Wonder Woman. And I'm going to be glad with that. I'm going to take Joker. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to take, you know what I'm saying? Since when did DC fans be okay with accepting this kind of it's stuff? It's not a fault, bro. The- the- who gives a shit whose fault it is? When did it be okay to accept that? You broke. At the end of the day. When did bro, that become okay? It's all about the consumer, bro. That's how this whole thing works. If you no if shit. you really think that Warner Brothers whole board cared about the future of these characters and what they meant to us people, you're severely disillusioned. They care about how much money they could have made off of them. That's what they cared about. They could care less about trying to tell a good story. They just want to get out there and tell the next best thing that's going to make them a large profit. And that's what WB did. They panicked. They saw what Marvel was doing and they failed at trying to copy it instead of just moving forward with telling what they already had 
and making that work. And at the end of the day, if DC Comics fails, that is nobody else's fault but Warner Brothers. That's not on Zach. That's not on me or you as fans because I just spent three years of my life trying to convince and petition for DC to actually do some stuff that's worth doing. And it's just now getting there. So, I mean, they we we literally have no input in the say-so of what Warner Brothers is going to do because all we can do is go sit our butts down in seats and watch the film. And based off our reaction, they decide whether they're going to go for it. Well, obviously, it was loud enough for HBO Max to put down $70 million on it. It was loud enough for DC to want to do a multiverse. It was loud enough for them to want to put out Batman, the Batman and Wonder Woman 84 and continue doing this thing because they know that they have some kind of future. If it fails, it is on no one but the people that sat down in that room and made that decision that they were going to F this thing up from the start. I, so, and at the end of the day, if DC fails at a cinematic universe, what are we going to do? What are we going to do, Evan, as fans? What are we going to do if DC, if Warner Brothers somehow Fs this whole thing up again? What are we going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn every DC movie I own and start reading Marvel. Then that is your right to do that because that is all you will be I, able to do. I mean, I, I'm, I, but I'm damn sure not going to be like, oh, well, at least we got this cute little Snyder movie. Yeah, no, fuck bro, me. bro, I'm not about to run. I'm not about to run around in a circle and scream victory. Yet. Nobody. And, 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 and this is my sort of my rant leading into what I was talking about earlier. And it's kind of a perfect segue. Um, look, like, oh, we've had this talk a thousand times, but here we go again. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy that we got this night and I know you got greatly offended when I called it a cute little movie because I mean at the end of the day that's what it is it's not going to be the film it might be a film that writes DC a film it might be a step in the right direction it might be you know a solid thing I've never said it's a bad thing it's probably a good thing but it's not going to carry the weight of making or breaking DC that say the Batman would or the Flashpoint movie will or those properties that DC's like, okay, this is what we're going with moving forward. And you've even said the point of the Snyder Cut movie is not to, you know, move DC forward. The point is to bring closure to the Snyder Cut fandom. Yes, it's to end off the initial vision of Snyder's DC universe. Okay, and that has nothing to do with DC moving forward. That's just Snyder. My whole thing is DC does not start and stop. It does not revolve solely around Zack Snyder. Okay. And this notion that it does is about to make me throw Okay, up. so if that's not the case, all the casting decisions that were made by far, Henry Cavill is Superman, Ben Affleck is Batman, Jason Momoa is Aquaman, which made a billion at the box office. All those decisions came from Snyder himself. He was the head of the DCEU up until 2017. 
he was the one to make this thing happen. After this is complete and we get our version and he's out, what is DC going to do? Who are they? I mean, yeah, you can go back to making solo films. That's cool, which they are. Those have success. Joker, you know, the Batman. That's fine. But in that cinematic universe department, where are you going? Because all the who gives a shit all at the this point? My contention is burn the DCU down to the fucking ground. Here's the issue. And this is what I when I say it's a failed project from day one, this is what I mean. DC was in a bad spot from day one. They could have chose Nolan himself. They could have chose Tim Burton. They could have chose Zack Snyder, Spielberg, uh, fucking Tarantino, whoever. You know, they could have resurrected, uh, you know, they could have made Scorsese do this film. They could have resurrected Kubrick. It didn't matter. DC from day one was in a bad spot doing this because you were, I don't give a damn what Snyder said about it's not a competition in Warner Brothers' mind who is Zach's bosses and in the minds of consumers or most consumers anyway, it was a competition. Cause when you say, you know, when you come out and say, okay, Marvel's got their cinematic universe. Here's ours. That is straight up. You are trying to create the same product as another company. You're delivering it a different way with the tone and everything else, you're delivering it a different way, but at the end of the day, to call it the DCU when the MCU is already established, I mean, how can people not look at that and say that this is this, you know, you guys are the second guy. You're the second guy. You were late to the party. You're yeah. number two. Marvel's number one. They had theirs first. You're number two. You're the there would have been nothing wrong with that for DC if they were doing their own thing. If you were doing your own thing and trying to establish a cinematic universe your own way instead of copying Marvel, there wouldn't have been an issue with that because people would have respected that. But obviously, based off the results of 2017's whatever the heck that was, we obviously did not respect the fact that they tried to copy Marvel and tried to do something that clearly was not DC. We saw that. The proof was right there. Like, right. we saw that. So, like, as fans, we, like, and it's not saying, oh, you know, oh, well, I guess that is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Because, bro, no one in the DC fan other than the Snyder Cup movement is going to sit here and, and like be like, well, okay, I guess that's it. You know that we just spent three years doing this thing to try to get something like, cause that was all that was left of the DCEU before it went into whatever direction it's gone so far. That was it. That was, that was, that was, was that was, was all, that was what was on the table. That was all we had. So, you know, if, you know, when the Snyder Cut comes out and whether whatever what people think about it, if DC fails after that, 
you know, okay, we're closing the chapter on our old DCEU that we started and we're about to start this whole new multiverse, you know, if, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that, you know, cause they're not going to hire Zach back to be head of that. They're not going to do that. They, they, they're going to let him finish Snyder cutting and that's it, you know? And if that's what it, what it is, that's what it is. I want DC to succeed and continue to go on and do all these great things. But if they fail at that because they changed their direction from what they initially started out in in the beginning, what, I mean, where's the merit in that? What can we as fans do about that? What can we do if they flop and F this up? I get where you're coming from. I mean, yes, I get where you're coming from. There's really nothing we can do if they mess it up. But what I'm saying is, I mean, it's like, I mean, in every other business model, you know, it's like this. Apple was the first to come around with their style of the iPhone or with the the, the smartphones we have now, right? Okay, since then, Google and Samsung and pretty much every other company that makes phones have come out with their own version. None of them none of them have even come close even come close to knocking apple off that number one spot and what i'm saying is dc made a a fatal error deciding that they were going to go out and do what marvel had was already doing my point is i believe dc would have been better off had they just stuck to solo films, introduced new characters here and there, fine. Maybe even have some team-up movies. But in terms of a cinematic universe, just calling it that, when there's already a company out there doing it, and doing it as well as Marvel has been doing it, I mean... You're already fighting an uphill battle. You're already fighting an uphill battle. Well, so, I mean, so you've put you you've put yourself in a bad position from the get go. Well, as far as your phone analogy, there have actually been three cell phone brands that have captured more than fifty percent of the smartphone market ever since this whole thing began. That's Samsung, Huawei, and Apple, according to counterpointresearch.com. So the phone business is, I mean, yeah, everybody else was late to the party, Android late to the party, you know, Sam, all these other people, but they all still did their own thing. They didn't go out and try to replicate Apple because Apple operates on its own system. And yet Samsung, even, even if it's second place, they have still gone on to be one of the most successful cell phone brands in the world. And some people, uh, well, mainly people who still use Android, deem that they think that Android is superior over iPhone. Henceforth, henceforth your whole Android versus iPhone uh, conversation. But that's not the case for Marvel and DC, as you so eloquently pointed out. DC started out trying to, well... And it's different because when we talk about that phase one, I think they started out fine. You had a bad hiccup with Suicide Squad, but other than that, 
it wasn't enough to derail you from releasing Justice League Zack's version in 2017 and trudging on and continuing to push on to build a, a DC cinematic universe. That wouldn't have hurt you. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that you didn't, you know, at Samsung didn't just have bad sales and then all of a sudden look at Apple and then try to emulate Apple. And then, you know, no, because then they for sure would have failed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, they came out with a different product of their own. They kept improving and doing their own thing. And that's why they're still in business making billions today. And that's my whole point about Marvel and DC. Started out great. My whole point my whole point is whenever you're the second guy, you're fighting an uphill battle. And that's fine. You it is what it is. If you have to fight an uphill battle, fine. If nobody said it was gonna Well, I mean, it's just that this notion that before you know, Justice League happened. Everything was sunshine and rainbows, and DC was on the path to untold success. What exactly is that based I didn't, on? I said that they had hiccups. Nobody said they weren't going to have hiccups, which they did. We had, like I pointed out, Suicide Squad. It was absolutely terrible. They had a hiccup. Came right back with Wonder Woman, and now we're ready for Justice League. We won't, and, and like I said, that's what I've been saying, bro. These past four or five months, we've had this conversation of what could have been. What would have happened if they would have been like, okay, we messed up with Suicide Squad. Let's push out Wonder Woman. Let's keep going. Get our good reviews off Wonder Woman, and then let's go ahead and hit up Zack's Justice League. There's no telling. It could have been great. Zach's JL released in 2017, if it would have been done that way, would have been amazing, probably. People would have been like, okay, DC's got, they they got something, you know? They may not be where the MCU, but okay, they're, they're in there. They're doing something. People would have rather respected that. But we'll never know because it's just not the case. That's, that's this whole circle we've been going in for the past four or five months. Well, no, and I get all that, but I mean, that, that's part one of my issues with the Snyder Cut people is number one, the notion that just to blindly overlook that it was always Rocky from the beginning. It had some high points, sure, but it was never just all like this idea that the DCU was just, it was going great. Things were great. And then just the, the sole decision of what happened with Justice League is solely what derailed. It was. My, I mean, I, I hate to I hate to say it, but it was. I mean, yeah, we get Man of Steel, we get BVS. Okay, it divides people. Half people think it's good, half people think it's bad, which means it wasn't universally loved by everybody. Movie still made a hundred eight hundred. 800 some million at the box office still produced the great Batman. Like, okay, you get Suicide Squad. It's garbage. Absolute dog bum. 600 million at the box office. Okay. You rebound with Wonder Woman. Absolutely successful. Why did it make it? Hold on, 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 hold on. You and I both know that movie made $600 million for one reason and one reason only. It wasn't because people were so high. On the DCEU. I didn't say that. It it had everything to do with 
we've got a new Joker. That's the only reason that film made any if that's, money. If that's the reason that you want to use, okay, let's let's put that in there then. You would have a new Joker. Okay, you F up regardless. It doesn't matter. New Joker, you F'd up with Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was still bad. David, David Ayer yes. came back and readmitted that. Okay, I messed up on my Joker design. A whole bunch of other things. We didn't do it right. Okay, he admitted that. We had a hiccup with Suicide Squad. So what are you going to do from there? What did they do from there? Okay, we'll take that. Let's release Wonder Woman. And what was Wonder Woman? It was great. It was a, a solid, great, it was a great solo film. First female solo superhero film to be this successful ever. You know what I'm saying? I would argue it's the it's the the film that got superhero uh female superheroes back in the game for this generation. You know? I mean, so I mean, we got that. So after that, you have MOS, BVS, Suicide Squad, and then okay, Wonder Woman was good. So now we're primed. We're ready. Okay, where's Zach's Justice League? We're pretty good so far. We have a Superman we love. We got a Batman we love. We got a now. You okay? I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you what? right there. I'm sorry. I've I've got to stop you. I've got to stop you right there. You, you, you say Man of Steel was divisive. I said Batman v Superman was. I never said Man of Steel was. I'll give you that Man of Steel was 50-50. But you can say whatever reasons you want. The majority of people didn't like Batman v Superman. And I'm saying that as somebody in the minority. I'm saying that as someone who actually did enjoy the film. I'm saying that as someone who didn't hate it. It was not... I mean, I would hardly even call it divisive at this point. It was... I would say Batman v Superman... Is where the ball began no. to drop. Now, Wonder Woman, of course not, because it's Zach and he's First fucking ball, perfect. I told uh, you the whole reason behind Batman. I told you this, bro. I said Batman v Superman. Yeah, because people people weren't ready. They were expecting an MCU film. I told you this, bro. And all this and all this other bullshit. It had nothing to do with the cringy, you know, Jesse Eisenberg. It had nothing to do with bad CGI. In Doomsday, none of that. No, 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 none of that. Forget all that. Is solely people weren't ready. People I, did not like the movie. The, the, Still the, made your eight hundred million the, at box the, office. What's stopping you from moving on? The t- <clears throat> oh my god! Like, come on, bro! Like, come on! I told you this. I said Batman v Superman was a movie that is at one point a start of a cinematic universe while at the same time trying to be its own movie. I told you that. You are preaching to the choir. I know what the movie tried to do. You are pre- you're, you're, you're not preaching to an MCU level. I know I'm not. I'm just saying, that you act like BVS was the start because it was a divisive film. Oh, that means it was the down. It was the start of the downfall when clearly we all know the two projects that started that. We all know what. No, what I'm saying is, is that the downfall was wanting to do this in the first place. That was your first mistake. Your first mistake was Warner Brothers thinking to themselves, 
we are going to create something that's going to compete with what not if you do it in your own way if you do it in your own way there's no issue no one's going to get on dc for trying to do a cinematic universe their own way they need yes but they did they did Tell that to all the people that hate that bought tickets to Batman v Superman and then that's didn't their like fault that for walking them. into the theater thinking that it was going to be the MCU 2.0. That's their fault for thinking that they were about to get a well uh, a balanced, uh, serious it comedic. Be they didn't like it. it couldn't be because they thought Jesse Eisenberg fucking sucked. It couldn't Come be on, that. It, it it couldn't be the bad CGI on Doomsday. It couldn't be that. <laughs> No, sure, well, sure couldn't be right. No, the failure of the the failure of the DCEU started when they decided they were going to copy Marvel. That's when this whole thing exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And they decided they were going to copy Marvel from day one by even wanting to do a cinematic universe. They didn't need to do a cinematic universe. There was no calling. What rule was there saying that DC couldn't have a live action universe of their own? What rule was that? Because the MCU sling out billions at the box office? Oh, does that mean that, oh, I don't get to try to do something? No. What rule is there? I mean, you, you, can, you can do it, but don't act shocked if people look at you like the second guy. Don't be shocked if people view you already as, okay, you went from trying too hard to not be Marvel to now you're copying them. I mean, there were so many more mistakes made with this abysmal joke of a cinematic universe that was more than just Zach got, they got rid of Zach. Was that a mistake? Yes, because at that point, you're in too deep. Might as well just try and finish and see what happens just for the hell of it at that point. Just for the hell of it at that point. My biggest issue... But the biggest issue I have with the, the, the Snyder Cut fandom is that they completely absolve everything prior to Z getting rid of Zach. Nothing went wrong before that. Everything was fine. You know, leave it alone and it's going to do great. That, that, that's not true. There were tons of people that hated Batman v Superman. There were tons of people that hated obviously that hated suicide squad so and there was so much wrong that i try to point out with batman v superman but somehow there is such arrogance with the snyder cut fandom that they will look people in the eye and say it's not our fault you don't get it it's not our fault that it's not your spoon fed because MC. not the it's arrogance not is so disgusting it's not. that they can't admit, they just can't admit that Batman v Superman was anything less It than was perfect. absolutely perfect. And it's not, it, it's not our fault that we had to sit here and be like, we think that Batman v Superman is an actually good, great movie. And then we had all these freaking Marvel shields, these Marvel fanboys who think that the MCU is the best thing since freaking bread and butter attacking people for no reason, just because we did not agree with their viewpoints. I'm sorry. That's the whole basis on which this whole thing was started on. 
So forgive me, but I believe it was the MCU fans who started this whole ish. Not all MCU fans. This is oh my like come on, God, bro. Eric. I could I could give a shit less what the MCU fans are talking about. Fuck them. What I'm saying is, why can't these guys? Do, why can't the Snyder fandom just admit that there were faults in Batman v Superman? It's not. You can go is. talk. You can go talk to the Snyder Cup. Go talk to some people in there, and they'll tell you they didn't like every. Some people didn't like every single aspect of it. Some people didn't, but some people actually liked a lot about it more than a lot of other things. So, and then you, of course, you have the percentage of us that think that the thing was absolutely awesome. If I could look you in the eye, Evan, and seriously tell you that I felt, and you know me, I'm unbiased in this whole thing. If I could sit here and tell you with a bone in my body that something was wrong with BVS, I would tell you. And up until this point, the only thing I've admitted to you about BVS is that it is one half of a start of a cinematic universe at the same time as trying to be its own unique movie. That is the only thing I've admitted to you about BVS. And it's not problematic to me. It it is what it is. That's the only thing. I'm not going to sit here and BS you about it. I'll let you know what I think of a movie straight up. You know, allow me to calm down some now to to say what I'm going to say here. Um, I mean, if you actually think it's a great movie, fine. If you think it's a perfect movie, fine. My problem is this arrogance to look people in the eye and say, well, it's not my fault that you didn't get it. That, That is... It's arrogant. It is. It's idiotic, is what it is. It is absolutely idiotic to to look people in the eye and say some dumb shit like that when you have all these other darker super, superhero films that have kicked ass at the box office, great reviews since the MCU started, and yet the problem is. DC went too dark, even though Marvel's gone darker. The the, the problem, I, you know, it, it's impossible for me to, to, to keep up at, at this point. The, just the, this arrogance that I hear from Snyder Cut fans, the, the blasphemy at times when these idiots would dare with a straight damn face speak the name Dark Knight trilogy in the same breath as Batman that's v true. Superman. That's their opinion. That 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 blasphemy. That's idiotic. That is just that's shocking. their opinion. That's their right to think that. If they, in their own viewpoint, found that they thought Batman v Superman was more compelling than the Dark Knight trilogy, that is absolutely their right to think that. Why? Because film is subjective. And all I'm saying to you is that the majority did not share this same viewpoint about Batman v Superman. You've already told me what the majority thought about Batman v Superman. But we can throw all that out the window because that they just didn't get that's it. That's the defense that they want to take. That If that's the defense they want to take, they can take that. That's the defense you just took, Eric. Bro! That's the 
That's the defense you just took. I just laid out for you problems with the film. You brushed it all off and said, but it that, is. It okay, really okay, is. Okay, so, so, so let's address these it. issues. Number one, I thought Lex was absolutely brilliant. I thought Jesse Eisenberg was a phenomenal Lex Luthor. Probably the best one we have till this date. Number two, oh, Doomsday CGI. People say that it was bad. It was not at it all. Was. Just because he didn't it, look. It was. Had Joss Whedon put that on the screen. You oh, would oh, no, oh, no. Oh, no. You know what Joss Whedon put I, on the I, screen with that weak ass Stephen Wolf. You saw that. Now, you know that's weak CGI. Uh-uh. He, he, hey, he looked about as good. Arcs, uh, he looked about as good as uh, Doomsday, Doomsday and did. Stephen Wolf don't even go in the same sentence, bro. Mm-mm. I mean, one of them. I mean, yeah, Steppenwolf looked ridiculous, and you got Doomsday walking around here like the lizard. Fuck the thing. So Doomsday CGI I mean, yeah. was not bad at all. There's not one scene yeah. in Batman v Superman that has bad CGI. <laughs> the things that they will say. When I'm saying it with a straight face. face. No cap. Because you know Snyder's a visual director. You really think he's going to half-step on the visuals as much of a visual director as Snyder is? Like, come on, bro. He Snyder did. is one of the best visual directors in Hollywood. And you really think that a, a director who uses visuals to tell his story Derek, is Derek, going to let Derek, some half ass CGI I, I, I on screen? What his name is. I don't that they could have had JJ Abrams, Steven Spielberg. I don't give a fuck what their name is. Chris Nolan himself. I don't care. If they would have put that on the screen, I'd be standing here telling Chris you. Chris was the thing. one who greenlit this to begin with. He's he's the one who recommended and hired Zach to do Man of Steel. Jesus Christ, now I wish I wouldn't have said that because you totally missed my point. You totally I'm missed my your point. point, bro. My point is, is that had any other director put that on the screen, the Snyder Cut fandom would be saying, oh, yeah, that is bad CGI. I'll... But because it, but because it's Zach, no, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah, that's great. No, he don't look like a Power Ranger. No, he's great. Yeah, that's definitely Doomsday. I could tell. Yeah. He, he looks exactly like he did in the comics, just like him. If J.J. or any other director would have put what Zach did on screen, I would be saying the same thing to you that I'm saying now. If any director would have put what they did in 2017 up on screen, I would be saying the same thing. But because it was Zach, it was it. And to us, it was good. If JJ would have done it personally, JJ has no strikes with me. I don't have a strike with JJ. The man did Star Trek. He, like, bro, absolutely awesome. Freaking, like, bro, JJ's cool. Force Awakens, he did good on that. Visually, it was good. I have no gripes with JJ. If JJ would have put this exact same thing on screen that Zach did, I would have been defending. But it wasn't JJ that WB pushed out the way. It wasn't. Uh, Ryan Johnson or any, you know, it wasn't Scorsese, anyone, any director in Hollywood that got screwed over by Warner Brothers. It was 
That's why we martyr for Zach. That's why we support Zach the way we do. Because no freaking director in Hollywood is doing their own vision and then just gets yanked off it like that. And then you proceed to go ahead and ruin everything you work for. Characters in your... Nobody does that. If they would have done the same at the time of the Avengers coming out, that's riots in the streets. Hell, if DC would have pulled Joss Whedon off doing what he did with the first Avengers movies, I would be pissed off. I would be like, why would you do that? I would be pulling for Joss the same way I'm pulling for Zach right now. I'm that unbiased in this thing. I'm that's that I'm straight face. No smiles, no laughing. That's straight face. It's about artistic integrity over this thing. Which one's gonna choose? Disney's managed to do both. They've been able to keep their artistic integrity sticking to their own artistic plan, and they got the money at the same time. They figured out a way to do that. If you can't do that, Warner Brothers, then that is on you. Because the fans can only give you so much. They can only speak out so much on this thing. So I'm like, I'm sorry that the Snyder Cut fandom feels this way. It's their opinion. This film thing is subjective, bro. If that's how they feel, that's how they feel. Don't let it trigger you. If it- there's, part of it, there's parts of it that are subjective, but there's parts of it that I can back up with facts and show you why they're fucking wrong. Okay, it's one thing to say that you think from a subjective standpoint that Batman v Superman is on par with the Dark Knight. Now, as wrong as I think that is, you're right. From that standpoint, it is subjective opinion versus subjective opinion. Someone could say that Batman and Robin was better than the Dark Knight. And as wrong as I think that would be, fair enough. But when I hear people say things like, the legacy of the film, the impact that it had on cinema, the impact that it had on the superhero genre, there's actual things you can point to and say, no, they did not have equal impact. Nolan, Zach, and Burton did not have equal impact. Some had bigger impacts than others. Some revolutionized the game more than others. That's, and I, I hate to do it to you. That is in the eyes of the fans and who watches it. Because I guarantee you there's going to be somebody out there who will say that, oh, Tim, Chris, and Zach all had something to do with changing the game. There's someone out there that'll tell you. I'm not, I'm not something. I'm not saying that they didn't have something to do with changing the game. Obviously, they did. But I'm saying that to say that the legacy of the films and what they're leaving behind for everyone is equal. That that's wrong. That's not based on anything outside of subjective opinion. You look at what the films actually accomplished. It doesn't take long. It takes a quick Google search to realize, yeah, this film had a bigger impact. If it, I don't see why, I don't see why that, I don't see why that's hard to admit. It's hard to admit because, number one, when we talk about, like, we obviously know that movies can make a lot of money. 
we know they can make a lot of money and still be universally hated. Last Jedi, for example, one point something billion at the box office still is the most divisive and critically hated and fan hated Star Wars film ever made. So box office numbers have nothing to do with fan interaction and what they think about the movie other than the fact that they bought a ticket to go see it. And if they bought a ticket to go see it, I would good. If the Avengers makes a billion at box office, that means a billion something people went to go see it and they enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? But then we have other cases. Last Jedi, a billion, one point some billion people went to go buy a ticket for that movie. I myself included and watched it and hated it abysmally. (laughs) So in terms of greatest impact on this thing, that can't be measured, bro. Because you have so many pe- so many different people who think so many different things. The, 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 the impact that Snyder and Nolan and Burton may have had on DC, those are all subjective impacts because you're talking about people. You're talking about who these projects impacted the most. Who remembers this? Like, come on. Okay. I hate to. I, I hate to do this to you. Let me ask you this. Was DC more or less popular whenever Tim Burton finished what he did? With the first, with the first, did he increase with or the first two Batman DC? films? It was in a, good, it was in a high spot after that. DC liked that. Yeah. It, was, it was good. Okay. When Christopher Nolan got a hold of DC... And they let him do his thing. Was DC in a it better a or worse spot. position when he left? Okay. Zack Snyder. Was it in a better or worse position? We'll when he never left? know because he wasn't done. We'll never know. I, I would love to give you that answer if we could time travel back in time and release Justice League as it was in 2017. Then we would know because he wasn't done. It was only phase one of a planned cinematic universe. It was only the beginning. We hadn't even seen the first all Justice League team up movie yet to decide whether we were going to like, you know, we didn't, we won't know. And now we're three years, almost four years past the game. Now we're getting the movie. We like, if it's good, it's good. If people love it, fine. If they don't, they don't. But either way, from a cinematic universe standpoint, we won't know. We won't know what now. Uh, obviously, you know the impact Zach has on the people who love his films. We know that. Oh, you know that the fucking cult. So, yes, I've yes. never seen anything so, like this. I mean, the the point I was making. I mean, Burton gets a hold of DC. Superhero films were a joke before that. He made the very first ever super successful, critically acclaimed, people loved it, box office money. Great. Tim Burton did all that. And then you have Nolan came along, took superhero films to places nobody knew they could go. Won Oscars, which unheard of with superhero films. Box office billions. Nolan. Critically acclaimed. Nolan, fan acclaimed, 
no one. There, you, you can barely say half of that about Snyder, and that's not sub, that, that's not subjective <laughs> to say. That's not that's subjective at all. Because it's subjective to say that, that Nolan's films made more money, were more critically acclaimed, more fan acclaimed, and won Oscars. That what part because of that we is already established that Zach isn't for everyone. Not every director who makes good films is going to win Oscars or awards or get the praise of the critics. That's not going to be every director, sadly. Just not the reality we live in. So, sorry if Zach doesn't have all these accolades to his name because Watchmen didn't win an Oscar or 300 didn't get nominated for that. (laughs) Okay. No one's going to argue about the awards and all of that. But. So where does this, where does this legacy that rivals the Dark Knight trilogy come from? Where, where I, I must have. People, it, dude, if people think that Zach's films rival or for them was better than the Dark Knight trilogy, then it was for those people. Take the awards, even with the awards, they're going to tell this to you no matter how many awards Chris Nolan has, no matter how many awards the Dark Knight trilogy has won, they're not, they're not going to change their point on it because it's how it impacted them. It's what they think. You ask me, I, you already know me. I'm not with that pitting competition. Again. I'm not with all that. You already know my standpoint on it. I, I appreciate every creative individual who's had something to do with bringing DC to life. You asked me, I said all of them fools deserve a seat at the table because I wouldn't be who I am without all of them, without any of them, without Burton doing what he did, without Nolan doing what he did, and without Zach doing what he did. I can't sit here and be like whose impact was the greatest because they all had the impact for me. They all had something to contribute for me. I don't know if I can say that about the rest of the Snyder Cut movement. They may feel differently. Other people may feel that Nolan did it more for them. Some people may feel like Snyder did. Some may feel like Burton did. It's all up to the eyes of the viewer, man. It's all up to them. Cause and 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 to end it off, like closing thought, I mean, like about this whole thing. Like I said, Zach's gonna go on. He's already in the rear view with this stuff. Once he finishes that, he's got other projects to do that have absolutely nothing to do with DC, in which he's getting paid a lot of money for. Doesn't hurt his career in the least bit. As for Warner Brothers and their planned DC cinematic universe, I hope they find someone who can who can do a cinematic universe and and I hope they let them, whoever that director is, or whoever that Kevin Feige figure may be, I hope they let him do his thing. Him or I hope they do. I, I would hate for all of us to get hyped over DC fandom again, and then they go and do this to us again. Then I will be done. I will take my Snyder Cut, and I will. you won't hear from me again. You won't. I don't care what they release or what they announce. If they do this again, if they fail this time, 
after three years of petitioning and after three years of trying to get them to do right, I don't, I don't know what else we can do because obviously like, I don't know what it's going to take for Warner brothers to get this thing together. Movies are subjective. They are all in the eyes of the viewer. So it's up to them. It's up to the viewer to decide what impacts them the most, what they love the most, what they think resonates them with most. There are Oscar winning films that Oscars that don't resonate with me at all that I didn't think were that good. Probably I'd have to get you a list of which ones, but I mean, shoot, there were ones that I really, I'm like, Ooh, like, but it doesn't change the fact that what's for me is for me. What, what I think sticks with me, sticks with me. That's just the way you got to look at film, bro. And the MCU has done incredible. I'll always give them credit where credit is due. And if there are people out there who think that DC still is better than the MCU, that's cool for them. Fine. I'm, 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 my days are done of letting people trigger me with their, like, there's still people who think that episode three was absolute dog crap and they hate all the prequels. And as much as that makes my blood boil, I'm like, okay, whatever. That's your opinion. That's fine. If you think that, cool. That's okay. I ain't gonna trip because it doesn't change what the prequels did for me. So that's, I mean, we can't, it doesn't get any more clear cut than that. We're just going to have to wait and see what DC's going to do because this whole thing has caused so much stress among DC fans, among DC, uh, you know, uh, hardcore fans like me and you. It's, we're just going to have to wait and see what they do because we didn't been through three years of this. If they do it again, I don't know what's going to happen, bro. I don't. I really can't tell you. I really can't. If the Snyder Cut somehow is doesn't live up to expectation and people don't like it, or it, it even for me myself, if it ends up not being what I wanted it or thought it would be, I'll go into a cave. I'll be like, okay, it is what it is. But I know that's that's not going to be the case because you know. But it is what it is, bro. I don't know what else to say. This whole, this whole, this whole like. You know, I can't speak, like I said, I can't speak for all the Snyder Cut fandom because we still have infighting going on. I just had a guy on last week talking about uh, all the infighting in between the Snyder Cut fans and who gets the most credit for, you know, doing this and who who gets all the clout. You know, all that, that's what's going on in the Snyder Cut movement right now, to be honest. There's little of, you know, the majority of us, yeah, we're like, yeah, we're glad that we went through this, that we got the movie. But then there's there's the other half percentage of people in this fandom that don't care about this movie at all. They're just in it for the clout because of how much access is given them to Zach and what it can do for them personally. So that's where the Snyder Cut fandom really is right now. It's really divided and it's really cracked. And God be honest truth, there are a lot of people in that mo- in this movement that could care less about the, the movie and about Zach because all they're concerned about is clout and likes on social media. That's where we really are right now. (laughs) But for me personally, I just want to see my boy Zack in the movie. That's all I want to see. That's all I want. I want DC to give me a Zack Snyder film. That's it. And I want to see DC do good outside of that. I want to see them make good stuff. 
I want to see them stick to their guns and, and drop their balls and do what they do best. And if they can't do that, then they're not going to have fans for, for very much longer. So that's all I can say. There is so much that I could say right now uh, that would probably lead to this segment being three hours, so I'm obviously not going to do that. Uh, I don't even know what to say at this point. Um I just get incredibly frustrated when this, because for me, and this is just me, I think we'd all be better off forgetting about Zack Snyder. Put that behind us. It failed. It is what it is. Let the shit go. Fine. And move on. But right now, we're in this limbo of we got half people think that Snyder Keeping him on would have put DC in a better position. Hell, as I've said, I know for a fact it would have put us in a better position because how much lower can you get than where you are now? Uh, I'm not going to end this podcast negatively. So all I'm going to say is I look forward to the future projects. Uh, As far as Snyder's concerned, I have nothing more to say on the matter. I feel after 20 different podcasts where we talked about him, I have spoke my truth, and that's all yeah. I can do at this point. And your truth, your truth is respected by me I, and accepted. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I <laughs> This is the first time on J House I'm I'm truly speechless and have nothing Man, more to add. We're just in for a ride. We don't know what we don't know what's gonna happen next. We we're just gonna have to sit back and let it play out and let DC do what they do. And then we'll have to deal with it when it comes down to that road. This film this film thing is a tricky thing, bro, because these these are things that we've grown up with since we were kids. And so it's a very, very touchy and hard subject to touch on well it is and i tell you why this has gotten to the point where i get so pissed off about all of this is because i'm sick and tired of reading articles about dc comics are canceling this project dc comics Fire. lays yeah. off another hundred people dc Comics is do like it's it, it, it's bleeding through the failure of movies because movies are the premiere of, yeah. of DC and, and Marvel. Marvel has had success with movies. As a result, they've had success. They've had record comic sales. They've had, you know, the Netflix shows are huge. We're at a point right now, if you stick the Marvel logo on something, it will be successful. Yeah. That's the reality. Whether it's good or not, who cares? It's going to make money. It's going to be successful DC not in that same position and I'm at the point now what does it even matter what the reason is like who cares 
Zach was done dirty. Sure. We can't change it. We're getting his movie. Great. But I'm concerned with the future. This film, as far as I'm concerned, is just bringing back up all the shit from the past. I want it to be good. And I'm going to close by saying this. I hope it is good. It certainly can't hurt. Yeah. Um, but you're right. We just, we just have to see, see what the hell happens. happens. Yeah. I need some more movies to come out because uh, <laughs> I need some reviews. I got to go on Netflix. We got a lot to talk about for Netflix, though. <laughs> yeah. But as always, man, this was a very, very good one, bro. Always. Always. And I respect the hell out of your mm-hmm. opinions, bro. I, I, even though we get tense on here, none of none of my anger or anything I ever say is directed at you. I'm just talking about stuff in general, bro. You my boy. Yeah. Oh, I know. This isn't That's even true. the most tense we've That's ever true got. as hell true. We didn't have some hard ones in the back, bro. We didn't have some hard ones. We had a podcast. People look it up. Marvel DC, yeah. the final rant podcast. Eric Hughes. <laughs> I did. You had me did. you had me hyped on that one, bro. You had me all gassed up. I had some things to say. <laughs> this was definitely yeah, man, a good this was one, a man. good one. Thanks for everyone who tuned in on IG Live. You can check both parts out on IGTV right now and on our Instagram page. Thank you guys for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram at Jhouse Comic, Vero, Jhouse Comics, Twitter at Jhouse Comics or Jhouse1997. You can also uh, hit up our website at www.jhousecomics.com and check out all the latest episodes of J House Podcast Radio, including this one. And we bid you guys farewell. You guys take it easy. And we'll see you guys later, man. Peace. Thank, Thank you for, for joining. joining. This, this has been, been another, another edition, edition of J House Radio. Radio.